Hey everyone, and welcome once again to Hyperspace Broadcast Minisode, an episode where instead of discussing something that aired on Toonami, we discuss something Toonami adjacent, something that could have aired on Toonami in an alternate timeline. I'm Michael Doak. I'm Peter Eby. And this week we're talking about Macross Plus Movie Edition. This is the uh, movie compilation of a four-part OVA series. Uh, the movie was released in 1995, but the series was released between 1994 and 1995. It is a sequel to the original Macross series, and it was directed by Shoji Kawamori, who is the creator of Macross, and also the designer of The Outlaw Star. So, you know... Oh, yeah that fact it, again and also it it's relevant comes together <laughs> yeah exactly much like we planned that one out <laughs> absolutely we did uh and also the co-director is uh shinichiro watanabe who's the director of cowboy bebop so yeah, there you go you know that's fun basically the plot of this movie is that it's 30 years after the events of the original macross series uh the military is testing a pair of new variable fighters which are the transforming fighter planes and macross and there are two test pilots, uh, Isamu Alva Dyson and Gold Goa Bowman. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, who is uh, Zentradi, but micronized, so he's just a person, basically. Uh, they're childhood friends, and they have this resentment lingering from an incident that happened when they were teenagers between them and their mutual friend Myung Fang Lon. And then she comes back to the planet that they all grew up on where these tests are taking place. The planet is called Eden. And, uh, you know, things kind of boil back to the surface. Also, she's back because they, she is the producer for Sharon Apple, who is a virtuoid pop star, which is to say she's a hologram. And Myung is kind of controlling her. It Also, it's worth noting that, <laughs> that Sharon Apple's like hardware that that or like a big hardware box right she yeah. just looks exactly like an xbox series x <laughs> yeah, so yeah. The first... get ready for some malevolent pop star ai this christmas <laughs> yeah yeah the the first shot of the movie is like this red carpet <laughs> thing and it just looks like basically daft punk wearing a cape with or one of the members of daft punk yeah. really wearing a cape with just an xbox series x on their head instead of <laughs> one of their masks and it looks super goofy uh, everyone's taking pictures of it and shit yeah <laughs> yeah right right uh also i'm really sad that virtual idols which are definitely a thing that exist uh are not called virtuoids because that's just the best possible name for a virtual anything and it's well, it's just sad that they're not called that. I don't know. They, are, I'm pretty sure Hatsune Miku is called a virtualoid or whatever. But but yeah, okay. <laughs> like I think that is actually the term they use. I've always just heard virtual idol or like VTubers, which is a separate oh, but that's kind a... of similar thing. But yeah, so uh, the movie kind of boils down to almost like a Ford v Ferrari kind of thing. But then there's like a love triangle, and I don't know. I've never seen Ford v Ferrari, but yeah, I assume yeah, it's two classic. dudes. It's it's, oh, classic me making a comparison of something I've never seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I assume it's I assume it's two car companies trying to make a better car. In this case, I mean, it's two yeah, military a... <laughs> companies trying to make a better cool jet. Yeah, I feel like that's a safe assumption. So, <laughs> so getting into our thoughts about this movie. Well, actually, I want you to start this because you have seen both the OVA and the movie. Uh, yeah. Do you have a preference between the two? 
Um, I think I prefer the movie. I uh, actually, I I was really happy with how it was paced out. It's it's still fairly long. I mean, the OVA is four forty minute episodes. This one is about two. Um, yeah, it's about two it, like, hours. A little under two hours. Yeah, correctly. I I saw I saw the original back when I was living in Puerto Rico. Oh, right. That's about when I watched like all of Macross and um, eventually all of Macross Plus. And I, I liked it quite a bit then. I thought there was some, you know, I had some similar complaints as I have now. The I don't remember it being totally different. I feel like maybe there was more CG in this version, um, which is like the visual low point. You know, 1995 CG. They they at one point used like an entire city landscape out of CG, and it looks really bad. Um, I can't say but, I remember that to be honest. My, really, my only oh. real memory of the CG is like. There, there are a lot of heads-up display effects that are clearly CG, and I think it really yeah. works there because you know it's yeah, that's digital anyway. Yeah, and they get they get kind of like that cool-looking, almost Zed of Gundam cockpit thing going on, where like oh yeah, the, where it's just a sphere of uh, monitors inside, and you're yeah. sitting in a chair in the middle, basically. But they and also like the really trippy when they go through uh, when they go through like slip space, whatever they call it in this one. Um, a fold yeah fold space, space fold. it's like extremely trippy like <laughs> fucking like uh psychedelic cg man i gotta say that's one of my favorite things about talking about science fiction is just the phrase <laughs> whatever they call it in this one yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> everyone like... has a different phrase for fucking going through warping through space like oh is it it's warp eight yeah or right it's like, right because it's slip space in halo or like folding yeah or hyperspace <laughs> obviously like yeah that, yeah. that is pretty funny, actually. I mean, it makes sense, but uh, just imagine if, like, all fantasy called magic something different. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which I guess a lot do, but still, uh, that's yeah. that's kind of beside the point. I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed how this movie played out. Like, there's a lot of... It, it, it kind of goes through, like, relationship drama and drama between these, like, two companies trying to... I mean, I guess these two, like, fighter pilots basically out-competing each other and also hating each other. <laughs> But there are some elements that seem to almost kind of come out of nowhere. Right. So this is my first time having seen this movie, and I enjoyed it quite a bit, honestly. Like, I think this is something I would recommend. It's not perfect. There are some things I don't uh -huh. like about it, but overall, I think it's a pretty solid package. Um, yeah. Obviously, it is mostly about the relationship between Myung and Gold and uh, Isamu, and I think really the thing that I don't like very much about it, like one of my main nitpicks is that halfway through the movie, it's revealed that in fact on Earth, they're testing another experimental aircraft that's AI piloted. And as a result, uh, the fighter programs that the two main characters are testing for are just canceled. Um, and this makes basically this is basically an excuse for isamu to go to earth because the climax takes place on earth and he wants to destroy the ai fighter because he's pissed off that basically he's being and made yeah, obsolete like, it, it, um, his job is obsolete and like his entire fucking like his friend's project too who comes along with <laughs> right well his friend chases him down actually and then they kind of find some peace between each other uh oh no, no, no. i was talking about his nerd friend oh oh right yeah <laughs> who uh comes along with yeah the other guy who uh who works on the project uh so uh, th this ai fighter kind of comes out of nowhere for me like it's a little weird to me that there isn't 
you you said that there's some like offhand mention of a third project, but it kind of from what I recall from watching it, it really does feel like it just comes up right at the moment that it becomes plot relevant and not really before <laughs> that, which right, yeah. is a thing that happens sometimes. I mean, whatever. That's not always terrible. It's just it kind of caught me off guard and it felt like it wasn't what the movie was about. Like that was my main issue with it because, yeah, again, really, this movie feels like the first half of this movie is totally 100% about the relationship between these three characters and then the second half kind of shifts a little bit in a different direction and I I felt like the second half I didn't like as much as the first because of that basically and yeah. like generally you like, don't want to end on a weak note because then that's it's what like you remember they, they wanted to add more like action-y stakes at the end and so they just well, have yeah, these like yeah. things turn but, like, really, it's kind of all about the relationships. Yeah. And then um, the other thing that I'm not a fan of is that it, it turns out that the, like, you get flashbacks to this incident that uh, caused these three old friends to stop being friends. And it's always from Gold's perspective. And basically, his memory is of myung crying with her clothes kind of torn up and isamu like holding her and the implication is that isamu assaulted her at some point and gold walked in and then you know that obviously caused their friendship to be destroyed right. because it would uh and then it's revealed at some point that gold has actually been suppressing the memory of what really happened which is that he walked in on them like hugging and flew into a jealous rage and attacked both of them uh, and basically he has been repressing the memory and like that carries its own weird implications because throughout the movie, he's seen himself as like defending Myung against Isamu. Yeah. Which obviously was not what actually happened. So he and Isamu are fighting a dog fight when he realizes this. And then he fights the AI fighter while Isamu goes after Myung to try to save her uh, from Sharon, who at this point is like a fully realized AI and trying to kill Myung because she's in love with Isamu. Yeah, because she has her like memories and shit, sort of. Yeah, right, right. So she's been influenced by Myung's feelings about Isamu to be in love with him, too. Um, and the thing that's annoying about this is like, it feels like it just lets gold off the hook for the shitty thing that he did. And given that mm -hmm. again, the first half of this movie is so much about the relationship between these three characters. It feels a little cheap to me that there is no reconciliation for like the reality of what happens between gold and the, young. The, the reconciliation, yeah, the reconciliation between Gold and Myung is Gold dying a hero, so they don't have to like deal with the awkwardness, right? And, which and is a bit of a cop out, and and it's not just that, but it also kind of frames it as like the real problem here was that these two dudes were like upset with each other over this thing that one did, not that one of them attacked their mutual friend, which is yeah, right. weird. Like I I know that's not what they were going for. But I feel like when the framing is, well, I forgive you for what you did, Gold. It's like, I don't give I a shit you. if you forgive him, Isamu. Like, <laughs> I forgive you for what you did to Myung. Yeah, right. Like, and well, to be fair, okay. he beat up Isamu too. But still, like, there yeah. are two parties that he really needed to be forgiven by there. And <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Isn't for, he isn't 
directly forgiven by both of them. Myung's forgiveness is implied. And I, I don't know. I don't like that. Yeah, like, I feel like I that's that. a cop out for the main conflict of the whole movie, personally. Right. And it, I kind of felt that way, too, when it when it happened, like, the first time seeing it as well in the OVA, just being like, really? You just, like, fucking forgot that you, you were the one who caused this to happen? <laughs> like, oh, okay, I guess it was me. I'm going to stop fighting you now. Right. Like, and that, okay. Like, that's not the thing that bothers me, necessarily. It's more how the movie frames, like, who needs to sure. be forgiven and which relationship is necessarily the one worth like seeing the resolution to that problem sure i don't know it, it's it, like i would say that to me is like my biggest problem with the movie the rest of the stuff like the ai fighter coming out of nowhere is kind of secondary like you know that stuff is more nitpicky Do, does the climax really need to be on earth and does it need to have like a cool dog fight at the end maybe not yes but to me, the real problem is just that moment of gold not needing to reconcile with Myung at all and her. Yeah, it would have been nice if know. they were able to like have some kind of communication before he just blows up. I don't know how, but they could well, reframe it. Yeah, I mean, most to be fair, also, a lot of this is like, I'm not sure how you can change this without fundamentally changing the second <laughs> half of the movie. Right. Like, it's not like there's a quick, yeah. easy fix here. This is like serious no. screenwriting stuff. So. And again, that does not make the movie bad. I still think the movie is quite entertaining, although <laughs> there, there is some funny stuff connected to it, like the fact that these two hero characters getting to a fight over their personal grudge in the middle of a city and just fucking totally destroy it because they're yeah. piloting giant robots. Now, now, I got the vibe it was supposed to be like an abandoned city because like well, yeah, that was a like... thing in Macross, but still there's going to be fucking people living in that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... and just in general, it's like they destroy multiple buildings. <laughs> Yeah. it's like that's like shit's, hey guys <laughs> like that who cares if everyone's already evacuated it's still the city is ruined <laughs> right over right. this like personal grudge thing uh which one is operating on a totally false idea of yeah uh you know but but again that's just kind <laughs> Even of like more pointless yeah we we gotta have some yeah. really cool action and the the action is really cool the action's really cool yeah uh, the, and you know what this movie has fucking tons of missiles in it as you might expect <laughs> they even yeah. have like pretty colorful missiles <laughs> that oh, they yeah, fired yeah. one scene it's like dude we upgraded the missiles this time now macros missiles that go everywhere now they're colorful dude. yeah now the smoke <laughs> like, trails are like rainbow colored and it looks really awesome it was really cool. <laughs> it's like, it, okay, does this movie have love triangles? Check. It's got uh, transforming fighters. Check. It's got uh, missiles everywhere. Check. And it's got pop music. Yep. Okay. It's, yeah. got, it's a Macross. And, and I will <laughs> like, say that, it. like, one of the really cool things about Macross is that because of the massive influence of pop music on the show, or rather because pop music is such an integral part of the show, you can just have a scene where characters go to a cool hologram concert and you <laughs> yeah. just kind of have a music video. It's like, yeah, yeah, this feels like it totally fits. Like there's nothing weird about this and it's just cool, like hologram animation, which apparently I really like because yeah, it looks it was, really cool really here cool. too. Um, <laughs> I feel like I would be annoyed if I paid to go to the final concert, considering that Sharon's hologram just flies all over the whole city. <laughs> That's and... true. Yeah, you pointed out that's see that's when the bad CG is though. She's flying over this like terrible CG landscape, right. but um, 
the uh, yeah, like, you no one out lives in like, that city. It's in a computer. <laughs> yeah, that's not yeah. real. She's she flies around this computer city, and it's like, so what are the people in the stands doing? Like they're just like. Where'd she go? <laughs> She's I just gone. love the idea of like a fan walking out really indignant. Like she wasn't even in the stadium half the time. Like I could have stayed <laughs> at home and I would have gotten the same experience. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so overall, I like this actually. I, I would I would recommend it. I think that it has some problems, but overall, like I think the. I think the first half really makes up for it. Like, I really liked the first half. I got yeah. pretty invested in the relationship between these characters. Like, they all have their kind of likable qualities and their unlikable qualities. Like, they feel yeah, like yeah. well-rounded characters and more, I don't know, real people might be a stretch. But especially coming off of Outlaw Star, these characters feel yeah. like they have some depth, which is nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a lot more depth and, like like realistic likability and unlikability than just like outright just either just being a jerk all the time like gene or like you know right and also it helps that like their conflict is something pretty real like yeah it makes sense and and not even not even necessarily the specifics of their conflict but yeah. just this idea of like childhood friends who grew apart and have now crashed back into each other's lives and yeah, have they, to they find that. some kind of resolution is really cool yeah they they handle that really well and it's like seems really realistic to, in that regard where it's like yeah the, these really do seem like old family old friends and it's funny too because they like live on this entire planet eden but it's really just like one city on the planet and so it's they kind of have this like small town feel right. when they all start yeah, totally. seeing each other again and they're like ugh like there's fucking gold like right. yeah you know? right like, and there's that asshole from high school right and it's like i i really like that i think that's yeah. really cool and i think that's why i like the first half the most because mm -hmm. it feels like a very small story but it's set in this very you know science fictiony world and there's something about that that's really cool and i don't feel mm -hmm. like it's yeah. done enough like so much sci-fi is big spectacle and i really love this concept of making smaller sci-fi that still takes yeah, place in a yeah. fantastical world and then the second half is like more big spectacle stuff and that's fine it's still pretty cool but uh i i really loved the the movie that i thought i was getting in the first half uh, and still yeah. half the movie is that. So, like, if you like that stuff, you're going to enjoy the first half. And the spectacle is still fun. Yeah. And and I would, I would highly recommend I think its soundtrack is really cool, too. It's, like, very just kind of all over the place, like, really unique Yoko Kano kind of soundtrack. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. They, they they do lots of, like, really wild stuff. There's, there's, like, one montage scene that's done entirely with, like, this really crazy kind of scatting. Oh, and yeah, yeah. That's just, like... Yeah, it's really neat. Like they they sync it up with the animation and stuff too. It was it was cool. I, I would recommend the movie as well for what it's worth. And well, <laughs> next week. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so next, next week, week huh? <laughs> we're going to be covering Record of Lodos War, which is uh, an anime series that is a sort of sequel to an OVA series, but also kind of like tries its best to fill you in. And we've watched a few episodes of it. The dub is frankly. I think one of the worst that we've encountered. It might be I, I, the worst. It's I think really it is the bad. absolute. I think it's the absolutely worst dub I've ever. It is the kind of dub I feared 
back when I was like hardcore, like subs over dubs all the time. Like when I was like 14, yeah, it's right, like, right. this is why this is the kind of shit I would see. And I'd be like, oh yeah. And, oh, and dude, frankly, I feel like if I had seen this back then, I would be in exactly the same place because this yeah. is the kind of thing that even now as a person who is fairly permissive of dubs, mm -hmm. I'm like, no, never again. <laughs> like, yeah, it's too yeah, horrible. <laughs> I can't take so, it. Uh, it's, now, it's kind of like what? how I felt watching um, uh, Captain Harlock. Oh, really? Like, yeah, there's a Captain Harlock movie on... Uh, on amazon prime i think it's skies of arcadia or it's something like that i, I don't remember That's the exact a, title skies of arcadia is a dreamcast game but okay it's close. not that it's arcadia of my youth yeah yeah that's it it's arcadia yeah, of my yeah. youth the dub for that is also god awful and mm, the kind yeah. of thing that i started watching it thinking hey this is a classic anime character and then like got five to ten minutes in, and was like, I need to watch this subtitled somewhere. <laughs> like, for, for, I, I can't. Yeah, I'm right. not going to be able to take this seriously. It's too now, shitty. Now, now, Doug, for some reason in my head, I, I was just thinking about this lately, and I was like, I think maybe on Toonami Reactor they did Japanese with subtitles as an option. Maybe I kind of doubt it. But if they did, <laughs> I feel like you're I, looking for an out. I, I think I am. <laughs> I think it's the truth because this is this is not what I want to continue with, dude. Yeah, but well, hey. <laughs> At any rate, we'll cover it next week. Yeah, Record of Lodos War is next week. Uh, until then, I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And be sure to revisit us next week for possibly the worst dub we've ever seen.